There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Mill once again. I say once again, you weren't here last week. How are you doing, Luke? You all right? I'm all right, thanks, because I've got a complaint or two to make. Uh-oh, spaghetti-os. What's happened? What have I done now? I just thought Mark Haynes was absolutely horrendous about me, <laughs> and he should be thoroughly ashamed of himself. Although I did, one thing I will say is that he did refer to me as young, so I'm going to let him mm. off. But he was, yeah. um, he was, he kind of besmirched my good reputation that I've spent years building up. And a man of his quality and his experience, his reputation, is, it carries weight. It carry, this man's worked mm. with Barry Cryer. It carries weight <laughs> when a man like that talks about you. You know, so I was a little bit disappointed yeah. in him. He he will obviously uh, appreciate your 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 words about his work, but I I thought he he his, the impression was cock on for me personally. Yeah, I thought he did good. really well. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, I I am I, I occasionally get reminded by my wife that I am that tedious, but it's nice to have it replicated <laughs> in my work as well. No, I enjoyed listen. I enjoyed the shows last week. Thanks for thanks for organising that while I was gallivanting around doing other bits right. and pieces. It's much appreciated, Peter. No worries. Did you have a nice week? What's going on? What have you been up to? I was off on the Monday because um, it was my wedding anniversary. Ooh la la. Um, and we were supposed to be in the US, but sadly, due to um, the uh, the COVID situation, we weren't able to go. So we took a day off and went to Richmond Park, which is very nice. And then on the Thursday, which was actually Thanksgiving Thursday, we just um, I took another day off to, uh, to do mm. um, Thanksgiving things with my lovely wife. So um, it was good. A fun time was had by all in the circumstances. And I was able to have even more of a nice time, Pete, knowing that a man like you is keeping the home fires burning, holding the fort, and there's nothing to worry about. Mm. Did you fry a turkey? Isn't that what people do on Thanksgiving? Do some people fry turkeys? I've seen lots of people getting upset about people frying turkeys. I think that that sounds like the perfect thing to do to a turkey. So, so basically, do you remember it was all the rage in the nineties that the fire brigade, fire department, and the public health people were just putting mm. um, adverts and communications out there about chip pan fires. Chip pan fire. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the deep fat frying of a turkey at Thanksgiving is kind of the American equivalent of that. So what? It's the thing you do after the pub. You just fry an entire turkey. It causes a lot. It causes a lot of deaths, basically. Right. You're being okay. irresponsible with the equipment and fucking it up with mm. the really boiling hot fat, which causes a fire and people die. So mm. every year yeah. around this time, there is like a couple of there's a lot of public health messaging saying, "Yeah, don't do that. Just cook it properly. Yeah, uh, do it outside." Do it outside yeah. on but fire. even outside, fire, people do it on their decking, and then you know that's made of wood. So they're uh, the decking. Yeah. So <laughs> the listen, mate. Up. There's one born every minute, as they say. Mm. I'm. I'm. I've bought a because um, of my the, the the ongoing saga that is my uh, motor motorized scooter. Yeah. Um, I bought some petrol from the petrol station around the corner. The way and, you uh, said that is that you just bought a bottle of it and brought it home. I did. I did exactly uh... that. I bought. I bought. I bought a... <laughs> Was it a polyurethane-approved container? Was it a proper container? It was, yeah. But yeah, it was a proper jerry can, like a modern okay. jerry can. But the problem is, uh, it's got a malformed spout. 
like we all do. Um, Did you take it around your ex-wife? It. <laughs> and like uh, Michael Scott in the office, where he just we, he wants to tell Holly that he loves loves her. Yeah. Um, and he does it with what's it with fire? People don't marry me, Peter. People <laughs> will be have an image in their mind now of you staggering around the pavement, spilling it, screaming expletives outside a poor unsuspected woman's house, saying, yeah. "I still love you, though." I still love you. Is that what <laughs> I'm going to do? A Reds against the Machine cover. <laughs> um, the uh, the the uh, yeah. I mean, I, well, the problem is it's got a malformed cover and and a malformed um, spout. And I pour the petrol. I put the petrol in the machine, and um, but it spills all over the floor. And mm. I, it's in a garage, so it's an enclosed space. So the fumes yeah. are going everywhere. I'm just a little bit concerned that I've made quite literally a tinderbox. Yeah. And then I try and mop it up with like um, bits of um, bounty. Uh, and then, the, so that just gets covered in, in in petrol, and I'm like, well, that that's a fire risk as well. Where do I put these petrol covered cloths? Next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, you wake up on the garage floor and it's morning. <laughs> Could be overcome it by the fumes. Nice petrol. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never had good reason to own any petrol, but oh, it's lovely smelling it. It's like creosote. So, I mean, I, I've never known a human being to be approaching the use of a vehicle in quite so many stages and phases mm. as you are. So what, what yeah. phase are you at now? I'm uh, Every couple of days, I uh, get out on my little scooter and go up and down the road, um, and the feds can't get me for that. They no. can. Um, <laughs> they won't. They won't bother. They've got bigger uh, fish it, to fry, mate. they got bigger fish to fry. Um, they got bigger turkeys to fry. But, yeah, <laughs> that, and I've just been doing that, really. And I'm just waiting for my registration to come through. I'm huffing petrol. Uh, so that's... <laughs> That's what so, so, so you're waiting for some some documentation, are you? I'm waiting for documentation. I'm waiting for my registration to come through. I managed to get some kind of temporary insurance for my on-road, off-road uh, vehicle I, I, I great imported from China. Or I think it's called parallel importing or something. But, um, yeah, I didn't realise um, scooter ownership was so bloody involved, and I wish I'd bought a second-hand one, quite frankly. Yeah, you should have just gone to a forecourt, bought a mm. second-hand one, and you could have had it yeah. up and running ages ago. I know. I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot. The problem Never is mind. that you, you've, um, and this is this is typified you and your personality ever since I've known you. Is you have almost like a, a debilitating need to be different. Um, no, I have a de- debilitating need for things to happen now. Otherwise, if it if I've got to wait for three or four days, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> I'm not. I like my brain will go, Peter, you didn't need that, and I'll go, I didn't need that. I'm glad I didn't buy it. I'm glad I didn't do it. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, the the whole if if I don't do it on that day, it won't happen. Um, and 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 I sit and I say this, um, currently recording on one of those new uh, M1 MacBooks. Um, they've got oh, a right. new low power um central processing unit, and uh, they are wholly incompatible with a raft of uh new programs uh, that that I've been using for a very long time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I, I bought one because I was like I I need a slightly more powerful machine with a slightly longer battery life. Um, and uh, so now I'm in a situation where I, a lot of my a lot of my software just doesn't work anymore. So that's 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 good. That's the, I have to be an early adopter. I have to be an early adopter. Uh, Luke, because I like being angry at technology I can't use. That's Apple for you, though, right? So basically, they've made obsolete a load of stuff again with another generation of stuff. Is that what you're saying? They kind of have, and they kind of haven't. The, the, the new um, the new uh, CPUs are um, they they don't use quite so much power, and so therefore you get more battery life out of them. So they've done a wonderful bit of work, but the problem is um, all of it, it, all of the programs have to be written in a slightly different way, and it's going to take a little bit of time for developers to change their products to take advantage of the uh, of the new chip. But in the meantime, 
the new chip is trying to do a blooming good impression of the last chip, the Intel chip, the non-Apple silicon chip, um, and it's called emulating. You know, like when you play a Super Nintendo game on your on your PC or whatever. Yeah, I know what that, that is, yeah. That's emulated. It, it, it pretends that it's um, the, 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 the CPU of, of the Super Nintendo. So, yeah, it's it's doing that with the old Mac, so therefore there are... Um, so, so, so if you're using Adobe Audition like I do, it's a little slower than you're usually used to. So there you go. Um, speaking of this, slightly, I mean, it's a slight, slight tangent, I suppose, but um, I saw a story <laughs> um, on the BBC website um, a week or two ago, which I forgot to raise with you at the time, and of course last week I was off, is that, um, you know, famously, well, listeners to this show will know that as part of the, the Pete Donaldson folklore that you had to pay an extortionate amount of money to have broadband when you were living in central London. Mm. Well, there was a guy in a, in a town called Wisbeach in Cambridgeshire um, who is a software engineer, and he moved from London out to the, out to Wisbeach for a, you know the usual story, a sort of quieter way of life, and all the rest of it. And um, mm. he realised that he couldn't get super fast broadband, right? And so he inquired to um, BT and whatever they're called, is it Open Reach? I think they're called. Um, yes, to, yeah. to get to get um, broadband um, installed, and he got quoted one hundred and one thousand eight hundred and fifty five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah fiber the, the fiber fiber cables in england uh are pretty awful um apparently there's a lot of investment happening in these like weird towns like stork is apparently going to be the next big um uh fiber uh, superpower when it comes to the uk but yeah it's 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 really hard to get anything resembling uh and any kind of decent uh, connection out in the sticks because it's just not where the money is effectively like there's well, no you know, if you live it, out in Sky, on, on the Isle of Sky, they've got amazing broadband because I think the government, the Scottish government, invested heavily in places like the Western Isles because they were worried mm. that those places would be left behind. So they do things like fuel subsidies and super fast yeah. broadband to, to encourage people to kind of stay there or move there or whatever, you know? Mm. Well, I couldn't get my, I still haven't got mine installed. Um, a man. I'm not going to name him, name him, but I bloody could because I know his name. Um, at the uh, BT. That's the worst um, threat I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the most unthreatening threat ever uttered by a human being. Luke, I rang his manager. Oh, now you're talking. What did you say? Man's manager. What, did you think a little? Did I you said, think a little official boss voice? No, I uh, I made it very clear that I was very angry. Um, but then I got a little emotional and said, "I feel like I'm being bullied here." <laughs> did you tell him about your moped? <laughs> Look, I'm having a bad week. All right? I'm having a bad week. I can't get my moped on the road, and uh, <laughs> I think a man from I think a man from the uh, I know he said his name. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Said. I think his name's Said. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to incriminate uh, him by just using his first name. It could be anyone. No, no, no. Um, but uh, yeah, what's he, the upshot? Uh, yeah, he, he just he just he just won't he won't answer. He wouldn't answer any of my calls. He wouldn't give me the form that I needed to fill in to get this council person to come round and dig a hole in, in in my front garden so to speak and i just felt like this lad was taking the piss oh yeah. i've been off this week i haven't been very well oh i've been busy this week i mean i just 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 do you this has been months this has been months all you need to do is send me a, a docusign send me it yeah so I, 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 rang, I, I rang someone's boss do you, do you, so for <laughs> me i always i always feel like I don't know, this is not going to surprise a lot of people listening, I guess, who've already got mm. an idea about the type of human being I am. Um, but but I always feel like if I say on the call, look, I know this isn't your fault personally, I'm not holding you personally responsible. Mm. I always find I feel that's a bit of a get out of jail free. 
and you can go to town yeah. after that because you kind of you criticize <laughs> the company and not the person and you can't obviously yeah. swear because i used to work at a call center and as soon as they swear that's your get out you just go right well i can't i'm not allowed to proceed with the call if you're going to use foul abusive language so i'll see you later so you can't ever swear because <laughs> then they'll just they'll just swerve it but if you you can kind of be as forthright as you want without being abusive as long as you make it clear that you're not being personally you know mm. critical of that human being right because i mean because otherwise nothing ever gets case, done mate. Guy, no yeah but also this this guy was being personally useless like he he took my money he he was a salesman and and to be honest, a very sort of like like a, like quite a greasy salesman at that sort of going like explaining to me the virtue of having a hundred megabit fiber line in like for four hundred quid a fucking month, like going on about it like sort of oh well you know me I'm I'm a big gamer and I love to like relax and watch some four K content. I'm going I know what an internet line is and I know how yeah. slow things are. Preach don't to give the, the choir, then, mate. The I'm an sell. expert. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave me the hard sell. I bought his stinking product, and then he just didn't put it, push it down. He didn't actually deliver me the thing because he'd already had the bloody thing signed. So yeah. I don't know, man. I was, and also, I, Pete, you are I, the kind I was, of person. I was feeling very victimised. I bet, but I, I know because I know you well that I can get you to do pretty much anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's the thing. You, you you're probably a salesman's dream, is what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very suggestible. Yeah, yeah. Because you said to I me do, before, yeah. didn't you, that you know you would. If you went to get a haircut and it turned out it was two hundred quid, you would just pay it. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, balk at that now. No, um, mate. Just to change the subject ever so um, slightly, because we. I mean, this is a story I found online because I don't know if I've ever seen more Luke and Pete show listeners share the same story with me or us. So I don't know if you've seen it, mm. but it's the story about this metal monolith found in the Utah desert. Have you seen this? Mm, yeah. It just Which, appeared and then disappeared. As of, as of this morning, it's actually disappeared. Very, very yeah. strange. And for those who haven't seen it, I mean, you know, essentially um, there's some wildlife officials uh, from, I think, the Bureau of Land Management in Utah, which, I mean, for the most part is desert, right? It's in the middle of nowhere. Mm. These wildlife yeah. officials were counting sheep um, in a, I think, in a helicopter or a plane, just doing a general kind of animal counting exercise. I don't know how you get that job, by the way. Um, fall asleep oh, if you that's like absolute rock and roll stuff. <laughs> <laughs> In charge of a helicopter, yeah, did, dangerous. What I liked about, it, but would you? But did they? Um, were they looking at the the, the um, sheep, and then did they see the monolith and then go on land and then check out the monolith, or did they just? tell someone else where it was and then they had to drive out no 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 there's a few of them on this as far as i know there's a few of them on mm. this helicopter and the pilot mm. um um said that the biologist with him was counting these big horn sheep mm. and uh he said whoa turn around turn around and i was like what and he said look there's a thing though we've got to go and look at it and they, they flew in and landed and it's cool. this um and it's this like 12 foot tall silver monolith a little bit like a silver version of the monolith you get in 2001 space odyssey mm. um and no one really knew why it was there and then obviously everyone online started saying oh don't um do anything to it because it might create you know it might be an alien structure or something given the year that we found it we've had uh, and then uh, as of this morning it disappeared again so this talk it might mm. be an art installation very strange though you'd think that as soon as they found the monolith they would guard it mm. <laughs> Yeah. It just looks like it's like the sort of thing you see in like Grand Theft Auto Five, where they go, "Oh, this is if you um, visit this with a hundred hit points and five thousand dollars in your in your um, pocket um, at midnight on September the twenty fifth or something, um, yeah. it, a new a new special secret level appears." How do people um, find but, those things out though on games? 
Um, they live alone. <laughs> they live alone and have a lot of free time, I imagine. But anyway, so, yeah. so this this monolith, apparently people have said it resembles the work of a sadly now uh, passed away artist called John McCracken. Um, mm. It's like, like an avant-garde installation, basically. I mean, look, there, there was there was a um, there was a, a news story about it online, which had the headline "Alien Visitors or Avant-Garde Installation." And I was like, mm, it's probably more likely to be an avant-garde art installation than <laughs> Alien Visitors, isn't it? Let's make that mm. absolutely clear. Yeah, I mean, is there a is there like a is there an alien version of like a a, a New York artist kind of outsider artist? Is there a yeah. maybe it's it's maybe it's an alien put it there as outsider art, the ultimate outsider art, you might say. Yeah, because they're aliens. Speaking of art installations as well, did you see that um, someone stole part of a Banksy the other day as well? Oh no! How did they do that? They chisel it off. So like, there's a Banksy installation where I think it's an old bike locked up to a lamppost mm. and then the stencil art on the wall next to it it's got a wheel missing or tire missing and right. the stencil art next to it is a girl hula hooping with the tire oh nice i, think, I like that That's yeah good. i think yeah. i think someone um stole the back wheel or something i mean to be honest i don't <laughs> even i don't even really know if um if they pro- did they even know they were doing that because to me it doesn't even look like that part of the um exhibition is the Banksy part I just looked I just thought that honestly if I walked mm. past it I would have just thought the stencil art on the wall was the art not the actual bike yeah and and, and also um Banksy doesn't own that bike so you know it's somebody who left their left their bike there because you see that quite a lot you see that quite a lot at the like, train stations where yeah um front like you'll see bikes um attached to uh, walls or whatever but then their front wheels always like absolutely bent to fuck yeah, no, yeah. there, do you reckon is people trying to sort of like steal it or I think someone's just just vandals just kick the shit out of the wheel and then the person who owns the right. bike's come back and gone, well, it's not fucking worth my admin carrying that home. Do you know what I mean? Right, I, okay, I can't, I I can't yeah, walk yeah, it, yeah. can I? I can't ride it or walk it, so I'm going to have to carry <laughs> the thing all the way home. I'm not doing that. It God, costs a couple hundred disposable, quid. Disposable, disposable yeah. life we lead. Sickening. We Mate, by the way, I'm just, I just going to say this because I'm looking at my hands now. My hands at the moment are almost completely yellow because um, our mutual friend, John, um, and mm. his lovely wife, um, recommended a recipe to me which you drink mm. every morning and it makes you feel really good and it's um mm. it's fresh turmeric um root ginger lemon zest and hot water and a bit of honey and you make a kind of tea out of it and, and you surely uh, just uh that's a that's a hot pret hot shot isn't it <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, but I, th- I think i would probably trust the freshness of the ingredients more and also you can do probably two weeks worth of a pint of it every day for about three quid whereas a pret mm. it costs you a lot of money and i don't have a pret near me because i'm in west norwood aren't i anyway so I did, I did i did it for the first time this morning but i prepared it last night and i forgot to put gloves on and now the turmeric has stained my thing i've now got backy stained fingers i look like a kind of guy who's <laughs> rolling his own cigarettes for the last three decades yeah so <laughs> i don't know how long it's going to take for my my fingers to go uh, non-yellow but anyway apparently the turmeric in it's really good for your aches and pains or for your joints, and it's a well-known anti-inflammatory. So I'm going to stick go. it out for a while and see how it makes me feel. Any interest in that for you? Um, well, I love a hot shot, so I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind having a crack at that myself. Is it? Is there anything that makes it more spicy than turmeric? Could I add like Tabasco to it or something to it's give it a bit more kick? Already quite spicy. And you're supposed <laughs> to have it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. Yeah. Don't you yeah, really okay. want Tabasco? Your stomach's already fucked. 
Yeah, but our mutual friend John, because he's got young kids, he's always got like eye infections and stuff. I wouldn't trust him. <laughs> but think about the eye infections he would have if he didn't use this. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Uh... He'd have more. He'd have more eye infections than he's got eyes. <laughs> so it could work oh, no, really well. You just don't know the perspective, man. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, all right, should we take a short break? I realised that last week I just did barely any emails, unfortunately, and I apologise for that. So uh, yeah, we've got a few good ones. So yeah, let's get cracking with that. Lovely. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. It's the Luke and Pete show. Uh, I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Moore. Back in a Luke and Pete kind of style. And uh, if you want to get to the show, as always, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com is our email address. My heart sings when I open the uh, Luke and Pete uh, email uh, receptacle and find um, some emails among the ridiculous amount of spam that we get. Yeah. <laughs> Don't appreciate that. You need to start doing yeah. some unsubscribing, mate, I think. I do, Lords. And it's just it just it, it just seems to get worse. It's like self... Like reciprocating kind of just kind of just doubles up every time I I click yeah. no more please yeah and um, by Robert. the way before we get into the emails my friend Duncan um who does a bit of stuff for Stakano actually good lad really good mm. friend of mine he because he's a really thoughtful friend he's one of those people who's just a really good friend and I know mm. that people don't go out of their way to not be good friends but some people just aren't amazingly thoughtful even though they don't mean to be but Duncan is really thoughtful. I thought about sending you a pie oh last thanks. week well it's a thought but that counts. <laughs> But, um, it doesn't though, does it? I didn't send you a pie. I didn't send you a. I thought I'll get one of those. Um, is it sweet? But no, pumpkin pies. Oh yeah, because um, yeah. you're going to be missing out on Thanksgiving. And I actually went as far as googled where I could buy um, uh, uh, one of those pies, but it was like three weeks before Thanksgiving, so nobody was really selling them. And then I, I, I must admit, it just work got on top of me. So um, maybe one day I will send you a pie. <laughs> So on the other end of the friendship scale is Duncan. And, uh, <laughs> no, and basically, I just got... So anyone who knows me a little bit knows that I'm, I'm a huge fan, as I'm sure many of our listeners are, of the Moleskin Notebook. Mm, um, I've yeah. got, I'm looking at my desk now. I've got four different types of Moleskin Notebook in my, uh, 
at my desk for different reasons for different mm. things my day-to-day moleskin is is like my bible if i don't if i lose that i'm in big trouble anyway i won't lose it anyway through the post sent from my good friend duncan was a limited edition i've just got it in front of me now um legend of zelda um moleskin right and oh, it's right, got yeah. all the it's got all the different eight bit kind of symbols and logos um, and and everything throughout. And so in the front of a of a moleskin, you have this thing where it says, "In case of loss, please return to." And you put your name in. You put the reward Hyrule. that you're going to put in. But the reward mm. is in rupees, not in pounds. In this one, <laughs> it's a great little thing, yeah. and it's got a load of little embossed um, logos on the front. It's got the master sword. It's amazing. So for those who are fans of notepads and 8-bit video games, um, that is an amazing present, and I'd like to thank him publicly for it. That's fantastic. What a, what a kind thing to do. Yeah, sorry, I'm just letting Hold my cat into the room. He's a bit of a pain in the ass. Go on, then, get out there. <laughs> yeah, he only ever wants to come in, because I think he hears me talking into the microphone and thinks there's like a conversation going on. He wants to be a part of it. Right, and he, he wants goes, to get involved. Yeah, so you quite might hear him in the background meowing. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. That's actually quite sweet. <laughs> I was I was up at five o'clock this morning looking after one of the dogs I have access to, the mm-hmm. aforementioned dogs I have access Famous, to. Famous uh, disclaimer um, that had that had terrible um, uh, diarrhea. Oh, so really? I was I so but to, I can't leave the door open because burglary um but i can sit with the door open if i sleep on the couch oh you're uh, joking you got to put yourself through so, that all night <laughs> so this, I'm, uh, if i'm a little more unfocused uh, as i usually am uh then i usually am uh, that, that, that's why but can you not so, so peter can you not so for our cats for example they go outside so they've got a cat flap and stop scratching mm. fucking hell right they've got um they've got a cat flap and um it's synced up to their microchip in their neck i've told you guys about this before Mm. And so only they can get in and out of it. And they yeah. know instinctively to go outside if they need to go to the toilet, they dig a hole, they go to the toilet, they bury it again, yeah. and they're done. Can yeah. a dog, Can a, could you not get like a litter tray for a dog or something? Yeah, well, I mean, the, do- the dog um, frequently um, uh, voms up, even if he's had his uh, stomach medicine. But uh, yeah, so he'll sometimes do it at the front door when he can't get outside. But uh, no, you just you just got to get up. And, and I, I can't make any modifications to the house because it's a rental. So right. it's... Uh, so you've it's, been up all night he, then, basically? sleeping. I've been up all night with the kids. Been up oh. all night with the kids. Oh. oh dear! And the other one's got kennel cough, cough, which is apparently a thing. Coronavirus for dogs. Wow! Part of the kennel cough, the 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 multifaceted uh, kennel cough collection. So oh, please, we're recording remotely today in light of all this news, because you might stink <laughs> of dog shit and give me coronavirus. <laughs> Good point. Doggy coronavirus at that. Um, we've got an email from uh, Jack, Jack Baylor. Uh, thank you, Jack, for getting in touch. Uh, he sent this 17 hours ago, so fresh off the Whoa. email hall. Um, first time email of a long-time listener of many of the Stakhanov collection. I've been furloughed in the past few weeks, so I've used a fair amount of my spare time being a bit of a history nerd and came across an event I hope you will find as interesting as I did, the Pied Piper of Saipan. Guy Gabaldon was an American of Mexican descent who, at 12 years old, moved in with the Nakano family, a Japanese family living in Los Angeles. He began to learn the language and customs by, uh, and in uh, 1943, age 17, he joined the U.S. Marine Corps. Within a year, his division was sent to uh, sent to the invasion of Saipan. For extra content, by this stage, the Japanese soldiers were seldom uh, surrendering to U.S. forces with propaganda portraying the U.S. as uh, savages who would torture, maim, and kill. They would uh, fight to the death rather than surrender. This also had the effect of, uh, effect of civilians committing suicide rather than accept U.S. forces taking over their homes. Um, 
On his first night in Saipan, Gabaldon uh, abandoned his night patrol, disappeared into the forest, and returned with two Japanese uh, soldiers after uh, after having used his basic grasp of their language to persuade them of his, of his good intentions. Instead of receiving praise, his uh, commanding officer reprimanded him, threatening him with a court-martial. Unfazed, he did the same thing the following night, this time re returning with 50 Japanese soldiers and civilians. He was now unable to go about his role, and in both uh, Saipan and Tinian, um, managed to uh, persuade almost 2,000 soldiers and civilians to surrender rather than fight to the death, saving both their lives and many of his American colleagues in spite of the risks he faced. He was awarded the Silver Star Medal for this and the moniker, the Pied Piper of Saipan. Wow, that's an amazing Incredible. Story. He just fucks off into, you know, into the forests, comes back with the people that they're trying to kill. It's insanity. Pete, I can imagine you at some point in our life in the future volunteering to go mm. and use some backstreet Japanese to sort something out and things yeah. going rather awry. As long as uh, the mission is to get a beer or order chicken. You'd be fine. <laughs> a chicken ramen. <laughs> <laughs> as long as that quest involves me ordering some kind of pork broth product. <laughs> and we'll be drinking beer chicken beer all night. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a great story. email. What a man. Yeah. Thanks for getting thanks thanks for sending that in. Um, I've got a little update mm. here um, from... So we got an email uh, from a guy called Carlos at podstatus.com. Um, so <laughs> I think I saw this as there's, well. there's a few different, um, there's a few, for those who care enough, oh, hang on a second, my cat's just jumped up. Get down, fucking hell. Get down. Uh, get I'm down gonna, gonna and get funky, cat. Two seconds. Madness. Get uh, Luke Moore is, uh, th see, this is what happens when we have Luke on the show. Last week we had Mark and Chris and Rabon Japan and yeah. they have minimal amounts of cats. Yeah. Minimal. I've only got. I mean, I've only got two. It doesn't seem like that many. Um, <laughs> anyway, so for those of you out there who wouldn't be uh, knowledgeable about this, because why would you? There are several people out there, or several organisations out there, that, that claim to monitor the ranking of how popular certain podcasts podcasts are. Mm. And the Apple podcast chart is kind of a little bit opaque, and no one really knows how it works. And it's certainly mm. not the biggest shows because I guess that they, they think that would be boring. So they, they kind of do it on things like ratings and new subscribers and that 24 hour period yes. and all these things. Yeah, anyway. that, that's why whenever you release a new show, it always goes to the top of the chart. So everyone gets very excited. Don't give away the that secrets. That seems to be the... <laughs> I'm just saying, when other, other, when other podcasts say, oh, look, we're at the top of the charts, you're going, you won't be there for very long. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're very, very popular. We've been doing this 13 <laughs> years. Anyway, um, so... Podstatus.com is where Carlos has emailed us mm. from. And I'm, look, I don't want to be unfair to Carlos. I don't know him. I'm sure he's doing a very good job and, and, and he's, he's prideful about his work and everything. But I think this mm. is probably bollocks. But we had an email to the Luke and Pete Show email inbox saying in the comedy charts, the Luke and Pete Show is currently 23rd in Iceland, 31st in Macau, 34th in Jordan, 40th in Indonesia, and 46th in Hong Kong. Kong, and I just found yeah. that fascinating as to why those countries in particular would be digging the Luke and the Pete. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking their their English language provision probably very very small. I'm delighted about Iceland. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm delighted about Macau. Yeah, a place I'd quite like to go. I would be delighted about Macau, but I don't the... really know what it is. <laughs> It's just a big casino, I think. Great. Count me it's in. Where, it's where the Chinese got a gamble, I think. Yeah, okay. Is, is it where the start of the, one of the recent Bond movies was set? 
Probably. Like I haven't watched one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's good, right? It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, 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 you do sort of think, right, what what are those figures actually, though? <laughs> it might be 10th. Yeah. But how many? Could that be three? Could that be three people? Could that possibly be three people, Mr. Podney? Could that just be you on a VPN? <laughs> oh, I have. I've been accessing the Pirate Bay recently to watch uh, the TV show. Um, uh, I'm not going to go into it. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, what um, are you doing? Get in trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but it's really ha- hard to get into the Pirate Bay, so I downloaded a Tor browser, um, which obviously uh, is a. Uh, I thought the Pirate Bay was a, something that some Swedish guy got sent down for like years ago. Yeah, but then loads of mirrors. You can't kill. You can't kill peer to peer. Can't kill it. You're just lopping off um, a branch here or there. So is it like LimeWire <laughs> or Morpheus? Is that what it is? Uh, it's it's peer to peer torrenting, so yeah, kind of similar. But yeah, you you just you just taking chunks of information from different people around. So you were looking at it for research purposes, right? I was looking at it for research purposes. I went on there via a Tor browser, which is obviously where people use what people use to uh, access the dark web uh, that obfuscates your uh, your actions, so to speak. Not mm. wholly, but uh, you know if. If someone wants to find you, they'll find you. Um, so just just a little tip there. So I got sent down. I've got um, a little tip for, for you. Owning a revolver. If you don't want anyone <laughs> to know exactly what you're doing on the internet, little tip for everyone mm-hmm. out there listening. Yeah. Foolproof right. this. Just go yeah. into uh, Chrome. Inco- incognito, incognito mode. Incognito mode. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. I for one yeah. definitely it's... trust our cousins at Google to uh, to, <laughs> to not give over any information about that. So you're safe as hell <laughs> to do that. And also, don't forget. Also, incognito is only ever used for people who want to buy a lovely present for their wife as a surprise and don't want them to find out. Correct. <laughs> it's nothing correct. to do with porn. <laughs> All right then. Um, I think this is the end of, of the show. We got we got to chip off, if only to say to our feline friends. Uh, this has yeah. been the Luke and Pete show. If you want to get to us for sure, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com is the way to do it. Anything else, Luke? No, I think what I would say is that you promised to do a lot of emails today. We've run out of time as normal, but we will get through a load of them on Thursday. We'll make a special note mm. to do it. And so don't be downhearted if your email wasn't read out today. We'll read it out on Thursday. And also, very, very quickly, uh, I mentioned earlier about the, the, the Apple charts. Why not go over? to apple and find the luke and pete show and leave us a five-star review it'll take mm. you a few minutes maximum while you're on the train on the way to work or whatever it is you're doing um, we'd really appreciate it uh, and uh, yeah we'll see you on thursday yeah see you in a bit this was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.